The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Fireside Chats Without the Fires, Friday, September 25th. Today's a special day. Today is when I get to interview a person who is infinitely smarter, has more wisdom, has done more things. He's a Renaissance man, is a gentleman, is a scholar, and in lots of incredible things. And most special for this, we get to hear from him about his new adventures. And this is a person who lives and breathes adventures inside the customer care world and outside the customer care world. We're going to ask him. It's the one and only Roy Atkinson. Roy, thank you for joining us. I'm glad you said it's the the one and only because the world would would be frightened if there were more of me. Roy, you set the bar so high. That's why they're, we're all frightened because you set the bar continuously high. Paul Catherall and I, Neil Top, are thrilled to have you. Paul, you're out there with us, right? Let's hear you. I am, and yeah, I can't believe this. So, Roy, it is a pleasure and a complete honor, and I doff my cap. I'm very lucky and very thankful that you you have taken the time out of your super busy schedule to to be on this podcast. It really does mean the world. So thank you very much indeed. Nice to be here. It's really, really happy to be here with you guys. Doing thank a great job. Fun. So we're, we're going to talk you. about lots of customer care things. But for those that don't necessarily know, that to the extent that I even know, we have a person who is a British motor car enthusiast, a musician, formerly professional musician, uh, let me see what else I know about Roy that, that some others may not know. I think he has studied Swedish every day since uh, 1929. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what you're on this incredible streak of studying Swedish for, that's going on. I don't know how many years. I know I saw that somewhere on one of your social social media uh, 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 properties, et cetera, et cetera. Roy, like we're not so in this customer care world. We're not so smart and so diverse and so talented you're a you a you're a true gem yeah that are uh i had the answer in swedish since you brought that up so <laughs> yeah actually i'm a language hound so uh i speak spanish is my second language i started learning that very early on and then french and then uh, i got to high school and took more spanish and, and also latin and then i got to college and took more spanish and greek and german and uh and Along the way, I picked up uh, some Serbo-Croatian. That's a long story in itself. We won't go there. But zdravo kakusti, and uh, some. I just recently learned some Romanian. So I, I, I love languages, and I love to speak them and learn them and listen to people talk because everybody's got a different point of view, and it comes out in the way they they talk. So it's it's very very cool to to learn that stuff. But yes, all of the above is true. My cars Super. are. My, my cars are British. I actually grew up in the small town in New Jersey, which uh, became, uh, when I was still pretty young, uh, the town where the headquarters of British Leland Motors was in North America. Yeah. Uh, and they produced MG and Triumph and, and uh, Leland trucks and so forth. And uh, got involved in British cars pretty early on, played racy racy with little, you know, British motor cars that don't go really fast, but they're fun to drive. And uh, I had some fun doing that. And I'm still still involved in that a little bit. So uh, 
the, the, the great phrase here is involved. You were involved in so many things. Many of us know you, Roy, as being involved until recently um, in the larger customer care world, and more specifically as well in um, help desk and technical support. You, you bridge two very, very interesting worlds. But right now, this is such a special time because you are making a really unique transition. For those that uh, follow you on LinkedIn, you, I think you did announce it. You may have seen it on LinkedIn. Uh, by the way, if you're not following Roy, definitely follow him on, on, on LinkedIn. He's a uh, prolific, I, I would say, a sharer of content, uh, as well as on Twitter. Uh, I don't know which one he generates more on, but both are, are prolific. Um, but there is certainly this new item in here. There's a new, at the top of your experience, CEO, Principal Advisor of Clifton Butterfield, LLC. Tell us what Clifton Butterfield is. It's a, a business advisory practice, and that essentially, I don't like the word consulting very much. Uh, so this, that, that's the way I like to describe it. Uh, we do try to help organizations get a handle on how they treat their customers, how they measure uh, the customer experience and, and their customer service. And we also do a little bit on the uh, on the tech side. We talk about IT service management, and uh, you know we we can get as deep into service desk as they want to go because that's where a lot of my experience is. But uh, basically, uh, helping organizations find the right tools, technologies, and more importantly, the right approaches to handle customer experience, customer service, and tech support. So ITSM, by the way, I, I, I've seen an acronym so many times, I guess I never thought logically about what it actually means. I just thought in my mind it meant the guys that answer the phone somewhere when your computer breaks down. Uh, not sure that's a fair description. Clearly, I, I would think you got a, a much better sense of what it's all about. But what is IT? Is that really what ITSM is? Is someone to come in and help you fix your, your, your Microsoft Office when it's not working? Or what is it? So that would be one component of IT service management. That is service delivery and support. Uh, and so the service desk is where that type of thing happens. Uh, IT service management is much bigger than that. And it handles things like, okay, I sit down with business leaders uh, and I try to decipher what services they need delivered. What does the technology have to do for the organization in order for the organization to meet its goals financially, et cetera? And so now how can we provide those services? How does the information technology generate value across the organization? And things like, you know, we talk about customer journey mapping and when we talk about customer experience, there's also value, uh, value stream mapping, which is a component of IT service management. And it's it's quite a big discipline and uh, lots of lots of moving parts involved. Uh, there's some really good guidance out there, uh, and and organizations go about it in different ways, adopting and adapting from different different frameworks and methodologies to do it. As you can imagine, it's pretty complicated, and it's extremely important now because so much of what business does depends on technology, right? Every every place you look within a business. You're, you're using technology, whether it's to make sure the call center is up and running and, and recording things properly and having people uh, able to use their interfaces to get the job done, or whether it's other parts of the organization, sales and, and marketing and HR and all of those things rest on that technology. So it's 
really important. Every organization yeah. should have an ITSM <clears throat> strategy. This is not just for high tech companies. This is not just for certain industries or, or, or company sizes. Every company, correct, should have an ITSM component to it. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. And uh, while I don't go as far as to as some people do go as far as to say that every company is a technology company because there are it's one thing to be a technology company. It's one thing to be a company that uses technology. I think they're a little bit different. But yes, I agree with you. You really have to think about how your services are managed and governed. Uh, governance is so important now when you think about th things like information security and 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 uh, cybersecurity. Every business is vulnerable. You know, small hospitals that recently been hit with ransomware. All that stuff. You really have to wrap your head around a lot of those things and and make sure that you've got them in the in the right uh, in the right perspective. And I remember having a conversation with a very well-known senior scientist where I used to work. I worked at a genetics laboratory uh, helping them run IT for uh, about 10 years. And uh, he was saying, oh, you know, I really don't care very much about security because all of my stuff is funded and it's going to be public when it's done anyway. And I said, okay, well, maybe you don't care about it being stolen, but what if somebody comes in here and gets into your work and changes all the ones into twos? You know, that's a whole different ballgame. And it's so... Every every it's not not only business, it's institutions, it's it's everything. You've got to be aware of this because we're all connected now in ways that some of us understand better than others. And so you've got to make sure that you've got your head wrapped around how to govern that technology and make it work for you. So I've thought in my mind, and please shoot this down if I'm I'm way out out, out in left field here. I had previously thought that ITSM and help desk was kind of like the little brother of the customer care world. Customer care is this massive world. Consumers, mass market, mm -hmm. big call centers, whereas mm -hmm. something like help desk is so specialized and narrow. But if I'm listening to you, I think I am in left field. I think that they are probably equal in importance. And perhaps the ITSM world is larger and, and, and maybe more important, if we could even say that, than, than the larger customer care world. Am I looking at things Correctly or incorrectly here? I think it's tough to, to make a call about, about what's more important. However, I, I would say that if you don't, if you're not delivering IT services to your organization, it's un, unlikely that you're going to be serving your customers well. Uh, you know, generally speaking, customer care uh, is a much larger part of the organization than your IT support center is. Uh, IT support center basically being help desk, desktop support, the field field reps that or or walk around people, or the people who are, operate the walk up center that a lot of organizations have now. Um, so the contact centers are much bigger, but uh, the in order of importance in, in terms of the organization, I don't know where I put it. Customers are absolutely super important. You know, we've done a lot of work in the area where, you know, employee experience, feeding customer experience, and and how important your employees are. Employees first, customer second is one approach. Richard Branson talks about that. Uh, Jan Carlson, who turned SAS Air, Airways around years ago, said if you're not serving the customer directly, you you have to be serving someone who is. And so that's part of IT's role is to make sure that the people who are serving the customers have the services and the products and technology that they need to get the job done. So 
it's it's it, it really depends on what your organization is doing, which you you would say is more important. Uh, but for sure, I think that customer care is out there in front. Can the help desk or ITSM world does that anything to teach the larger customer care world? I think those of us in customer care, we probably tend to think that we're we're the the the, the movers and the shakers. We're the ones creating. Um, innovating and, and, and what are we going to learn necessarily from the guys over there in the back office that are worrying about desktop support? That, that's, I, I could see how many might think like that. And maybe you've run across that, but I also would imagine that we have a lot to learn from the ITSM world. There is a, a something, I don't want to call it a framework or a methodology, but it, it, it's a movement that started some years ago called enterprise service management. And one of the things that you realize when you look at the, the world of service management, whether IT or not, is that it, service management didn't originate within IT, but it really became a focus of IT. And uh, there's, I don't know if you can see behind me, there's, there's a part of my bookshelf, it's about that wide with all the rudimentary books on IT service management. They all came out of the British government, interestingly enough. Um, it's called ITIL, which originally stood for Information and Technology Infrastructure Library. No longer means that. It's just called ITIL, ITIL. And that really says here, it's a framework. It just says, here are the things you need to think about when you're talking about delivering services. And um, didn't put enough emphasis on the customer originally and defines the customer not as somebody who's who's the customer of your company, but the person who's paying for IT services. That's the way it was originally defined. That definition has changed somewhat. But that became the Bible, the lexicon for IT for a long time. It's how IT departments can talk to each other and use a common language. And now that service management focus is being used across different organizations to bring their data pools together. Because you if you've got an HR department and a customer care center and a and a facilities department and all these different things, you've all got different products and technologies that are generating these pools of data across the organization. If you start to bring those things together and manage them as a unit and get a technology that's capable of dipping into that and providing the HR services, the customer care center, the, you know, the facilities folks, uh, whoever you need to be provided with those services, now you get, begin to get a much more 360 degree view of the organization as a whole. And you also, uh, if you do it right, you wind up having a much better 360-degree view of your customers because you're interacting with things like the CRM. Well, let's look look at the CRM. Right now, in, in most organizations, that's probably pretty much isolated with your contact center. That's the folks who deal with that live with the CRM. What if you open that up and have that open to the rest of the organization as well? So they begin to see how frequent the interactions are, who were the top buyers and sellers, What's actually going on in terms of your customers? Uh, that siren may be coming from me. I'm not sure, but uh, in any event, um, you you can you can really use that data much more to your advantage. And a lot of organizations, of course, talk about being data driven. That that is a conversation I love to have too, because most of them aren't. But if you can unify your view of that pool of data that you have in your organization uh, and start to get a better view of actually what's going on, uh, then you tend not to be making it up or assuming things that are going on. So, Got it. 
tell us, let's kind of go back, let's shift the focus back to you for the spotlight back on you. So I just, if I were to think about it, in a normal week, I might uh, interact with you on a Twitter chat. I might like or retweet some stuff that you have out on Twitter. I'd probably like or, or share or, or comment on something you have on LinkedIn. Maybe once a quarter, I could read about you or even be involved in an event that you're keynoting or, or speaking at. What does the, what do we have to look forward to you know, those that, that, that respect your work so much, where are we going to see you? Are we going to still see you on LinkedIn? Are you going to keynote? Are you writing? What, what do we have to look forward to? I, I am actually doing all of that. Uh, I, I am speaking at events. Uh, I just uh, did a session for, which will be presented at uh, Interop, which is a, an independent IT uh, conference that takes place every year. Hadn't spoken at Interop in a while, so I was glad to do that one. Talking about digital transformation and what that really means and what does IT excellence have to do with digital transformation. Uh, and then I'll be, I'll, I will be doing a session as well at the ICMI Expo coming up. Uh, so happy to do that. Yet yeah, I'll still be popping up in events and conferences, uh, still doing the LinkedIn and, and uh, social media stuff. That's ingrained. That's part of me. So. I will still be out there and producing content. I'm doing a lot of writing actually right now, working on a couple of large projects and also producing some some blogs for different organizations and as well as my own organization, Clifton Butterfield. So I'm happy to be doing that. Super. So as we kind of wind down here for time purposes, um, we always ask our guests to share a couple of different things. Take a an axe, so to speak. I like to use the, the concept of axe. Take an axe to a CX myth. Bust up a myth. Is there a one thing that you continue to hear out there that you're sick of, that you don't believe in, that you would really just like to destroy? What would it be? Uh, I think the myth is that you can do customer experience without the customer. You, you kind of have to have the customer in there when you're doing the customer experience thing. Otherwise, it's just experience. <laughs> I say that facetiously, but but there's an awful lot of people who talk about customer experience as if it's designing an app, you know, and that's that's user experience. There's a whole discipline around UX and and what, how that works and what my experience is in terms of using a particular app, and and that somehow is construed by some people to be customer experience. Not the same thing. Uh, you really need to have the customer involved, and the focus of any organization eventually should be value. And you only have value where the product and a, and a service can be construed as a product as well, where your product meets the customer. You assign the price, the customer assigns the value. So I think you just uh, interestingly kind of bled into what would be one of your CX quotes. Uh, and I don't know if that train is with Roy or that's with Paul it, or that's over it, here. Is that train coming from you or for me? I, I think it's from <laughs> the Matrix. Uh, it's, you know. <laughs> That's the sound of your death, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> we've had police sirens. We've had trains. Well, we, we uh, trains, planes, and automobiles. I, I try to Eddie. have a varied background, you know. Yeah, love it. Um, let, let's go back to, so, so you talk about value, and, and I think that was referred to maybe one of the CX quotes that you had, um, that, that you had wanted to share with us. Yeah, value is created where the product or service meets the customer. I mean, that really is where the magic happens, right? It, when your customer opens that package or gets that service and has an aha moment 
or an uh moment, that's the customer exp experience. That's the beginning of, of their next step in the journey. Uh, obviously, the journey is much bigger than that. And we could talk about that as a, as a topic of a whole conversation, too. But um, as I, I think one of the quotes that I sent over to you guys is that the, the work of customer experience is, is to present the brand and products in ways that customers like, feel attractive, and want to repeat. Uh, if they like your product and they like your services and they like the company and they're having a pleasant experience and make it easy for them to do business with you, they're going to want to come back. And that's how you build customer loyalty and customer lifetime value, right? Exactly. Keyword there, repeat. Yes. That's the objective, repeat. Don't lose them. Keep them in there. Perfect. So this is an interesting one. I think that you, Roy, are probably a hero to most of us, whether stated or unstated. Uh, I admire your work from afar and from close up. Uh, you know, I, I, I've made no secret to that. I'm really curious, who are your CX heroes? I've got so many that I've learned so much from. Uh, short list, uh, Bruce Temkin, I think is absolutely awesome. Uh, he's got, does such tremendous research and measurement in, in his organization, siding with Qualtrics. They've done some terrific work with uh, measurement of customer experience, customer service, any kind of metrics that they do. Uh, Nick Hagen. One of the first kind of like mm -hmm. pioneers, right, in, in yes. customer experience measurement. Absolutely. Going back before his organization became part of Qualtrics, you know, it was the Bruce Temkin, what was it called? The Temkin, Temkin Index, Group. The, oh, the yes. Group, right. Exactly. Yep. And uh, yes, absolutely. Experience measurement is really his thing. Um, uh, Nick Haig and Paul Haig are, are two of my heroes. They're, they're a family team, obviously. Uh, and, and they've got, they've done tremendous amount of work in business to business customer experience, which is an area that's often overlooked. Uh, and Annette Franz is, you know, Annette, she's everywhere. She's awesome. And I finally got to meet her in person, uh, about probably about 16, 18 months ago, we were speaking at the same event in New York city and like, wow, look at that. It, that's always a pleasure too. In this world where we're, we're all often so virtual. Adrian Swinsco, uh, a gentleman of British persuasion, Paul. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's one of those guys. Colin Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shep Hyken, who's been a great friend over the years. Bill Quisang, who's awesome uh, with his insight into hospitality and his approach to it. And Charlie Araujo, who uh, it founded the Digital Transformation, the Institute for Digital Transformation, and uh, Charlie is a, just a really brilliant guy and has a lot to say about the world of information technology and also how that impacts the customer experience and, and customer world. So uh, Charlie's definitely on my list. This is a great list. The right. heroes of the hero. The heroes <laughs> of the hero, that's what I would call a list. This, this is great. Uh, Roy, as we wind down here, um, the name of your firm, Clifton Butterfield. How yes, would you sir. like people to find you that are may not be following you or in, in touch with you now? Best way would be what? On Twitter, on LinkedIn, on email, on phone, on fax, on what? They can find it uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, it, it, there is cliftonbutterfield.com, which is the, the website. Uh, if you find me on LinkedIn and you can just click on the Clifton Butterfield logo in my profile and it will take you to the company page on LinkedIn, which is pretty new. So we're just getting some of that up and running. 
but yeah, there's lots to learn there and uh, I'm happy to have people check it out. Watch the Twitter feed. It's uh, trust CB is the, uh, the Twitter handle. It's trust underscore CB. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're everywhere. We're accessible. I'd love to have you talk to us. Super. Uh, as expected, it was a pleasure. We learn from you. We admire you. We respect you. We think the world of you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a part of the show. And please come back because many of these things um, that we just sort of gracefully touched on on the, on the surface, we could go so deep in this. You got to come back at some point. Um, we'd love to hear more about uh, about Clifton Butterfield and hear about what, what you're up to. Thank you so much for joining us. Paul, you get to be the closer of this one. Wrap it really? up. Bring it home with Roy. I'm, yeah. I'm honored. So, Roy, I, I'm speechless, my friend. This has been a pleasure, a privilege, all of the above. I don't have the words to describe it. I do have one ask for you, though, if that's okay. Actually, I have two asks. First ask is, please, come back. We would love to do further podcasts with you. It would be great if you could come back. So that's my first ask. Um, my second ask is we have this, when this podcast goes, is posted, it will be on the customer experience week, the last Friday of the customer experience week. Do you have a phrase or anything like that that you would like to share with everybody on LinkedIn or whichever platform it may be that really encompasses what CX means to you and what you'd like them to take away? Every week is customer experience week. I love that. There you go. Every every week. Yes. And just just hang in there and keep it going and keep your customer top of mind. Perfect. Can't get better than that. Neil, can't say it's better than that. Love it. So, Roy, thank you so much. Fireside chats without the fires. Roy Atkinson, the one and the only, the great one. Roy, thank you again for joining us. Wishing thank the you. best to you. And looking forward to you coming back on the, on the show at some point. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.